0: Welcome to IntelliCast. I'm sitting here at HQ with Brian Peterson. Hey, Brian.
1: Hey, it's been at least a month since we've done this, correct? In person?
0: Oh, yeah. It's been a little while. Our schedules just haven't matched. Um, Also joining us, you're about in the 10-timers club. Andrew DeSellis. Hello, Andrew. Brian's, how are you guys? So good. It's it's weird not seeing you. You've been in the office lately, just not today.
2: Yes, it's definitely been an interesting adjustment going back, but uh, I will not lie. I'm happy to be recording from my home office today. So take that for what it's worth.
0: Um, Let's see. This episode brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. You can reach us at IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com. Please follow us on Twitter, EMI underscore research, or IntelliCast1. Um, You'll get lots of updates, um, lots of funny pictures, we Do a lot with cookies these days. Um, so follow us, leave us a text or voicemail 513 401 5463. Current events I should probably announce that I won my election, huh? Yeah,
2: I
1: think that's the main current event we have.
0: Yeah, I took off the last basically two weeks and then also the first week of October to basically campaign. <laughs> um, I'm a trustee in Columbia Township here in near Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati is the city and. In Ohio, we have townships, which are kind of un- unincorporated areas, which are kind of weird. I still quite don't understand, it, to be honest with you, but I am an elected official. Um, won my election, which was, is, man, I could talk about this. This could be a whole episode. But um, for now, I'll just say, um, man, it is awesome to win an election um, and see people come vote for you. One of the crazy experience. I'll talk about more later. But, yeah, so I have a second job. as just a few hours a month with Columbia Township as a trustee.
1: I will say it was more than a win because I saw the percent, I saw the winning margin, and it was yeah. more of a beatdown. Yeah, it was a nice
0: victory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, made the election night early one for me, um, which I didn't know this. Did you know this, Andrew and Brian, that someone told me while I was out at the precinct, which I stood out there for 13 hours in the cold. Um, as soon as the election is over, the poll workers, under supervision, print out the results, um, grab the like um, thumb drive that has the results on it, they secure it, and then multiple people drive that to the board of board of elections. And the reason a lot of the results take so long to come in is that there's this you know everybody shows up about the same time. There's this long line of thumb drives they have to you know, validate to compare and run mm-hmm. through whatever that is. So the precincts just take slower, but they take the printout of the elections, the actual results and tape it to the door.
1: I did not know that.
0: So what I did and what anyone could do, at least, I don't know if it's statewide, but that's what they do here is you can just count the votes. And it would say Brian Lamar has 82 votes and somebody else has 62 votes. And, then you run to the, the next precinct, and then you go to the next precinct by, you know, an hour after the polls close, you know what the, the score is.
1: That seems to work if you're, all your precincts are somewhat close by, but if you're talking like a countywide election yeah. or something like that, you could be driving all over a county for like four hours.
0: Well, you have people. The key is to have yeah. people. That's one thing I learned. Um, we I only have four, and one of them got the vote in one of them, so I only had to go to three
1: precincts. Go to three? Okay. Yeah
2: crazy. Yes, believe it or not, I did know that. Um when I was in college, I was in a like an interdisciplinary program that was public policy and political philosophy. And one of the things that we had to do was intern on campaigns. Um and so while I have never had the privilege of going from precinct to precinct and seeing what's taped on the doors um instead of waiting like a normal person, um we did actually <laughs> broadcast the Election results live from the Hamilton County Board of Elections. Um, the students in our program were able to actually be on the local news, and so we saw people running in with with the thumb drives and with the printouts, and you know, kind of rushing in to be tabulated. And every time someone else came in, um, you know, the room was kind of a buzz, waiting to see what would come through. So I did know everything is physically taken to the board of elections i did know it was paper and thumb drive um but in the future if you're listening philosophy politics in the public program you have enough unpaid student interns that you should post people up at all these precincts and uh we'll be ahead of the game
1: there you go for your next election.
0: yeah, yeah i thought about doing that um I've, i have so much to learn from this past election but we'll do maybe we'll do a whole episode on this it's kind of interesting i think um well should we move to some news?
1: I think we should. Yeah. First up, and kind of the elephant in the room for this episode, is that Zendesk, the SaaS company with products in customer support, sales, and customer communications, acquired Momentum, formerly known as SurveyMonkey. Uh they plan on using this acquisition to boost its customer analytics offering with the hope of crop with a cross-sell offering. And allowing it to hit its $3.5 billion revenue goal by 2024, which is actually, I think, in the article, like a year or two earlier than they had anticipated.
0: What do you guys think? Um, Obviously, that's a huge acquisition. I'm going to go – let's start off with Andrew. Let him give his overall thoughts if that's okay.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I think that this is – very exciting for a couple of different reasons um you know most of what i've been reading online you know we believe it or not this seems off the cuff but we do read articles before we record these things um but you know a lot of the language is centered around you know why is zendesk buying momentive and what will momentive add to zendesk and how will this help you know with our analytics and so on and so forth um But being in the research space, I'm actually very interested to see what Zendesk adds to Momentive. Um, And what I mean is that, you know, SurveyMonkey, I'm just going to call them SurveyMonkey from now on. I'm sorry, um, but they, you know, are a very, very prevalent, widespread survey programming platform. And to my knowledge, most of the usage is quantitative. I don't, Brian. Do do they have qualitative tools in SurveyMonkey, or is it pure quant? I think it's pure quant with a, maybe a little bit of hybrid. Okay, great, great. Um, but you know, Zendesk, really the Core of what they do, right, is that they're trying to diversify and optimize the way that consumers interact with brands, whether it's, you know, just a question or a customer service or, you know, maybe even placing orders and things like that. Um, we don't use Zendesk at EMI. So that's just based on a, a kind of high level review of their offerings. Um, but, you know, there are currently some kind of quality quant tools where a respondent will kind of chat with a moderator, right? And I know when I field those types of studies, it's very difficult because the moderator has to be online and it has to be just at the right time and the respondent has to be willing to do it right then, so on and so forth. Uh, but I know Zendesk actually does some of their chat bots and things like that. They're automated or they're AI, right? And so I think that if they can kind of cross-incorporate more so than just use what was the SurveyMonkey platform to boost Zendesk, if they can include some of the Zendesk offering in the SurveyMonkey platform, they may actually have a whole new set of research tools on their hands. Yes,
0: excellent point. Um, I'm glad it was sold to a brand like Zendesk instead of like more private equity. Um, I think that the better mergers from a research or mergers or acquisitions from a research standpoint are better when you have a company that's trying to provide the same service. The owner of the brand is provided, trying to provide insights, for example. That's what Zendesk will try to do with it rather than try to make a profit. And we've, I've seen lots of examples of PE firms just not doing what's best interest of research. And that's A challenge. Um, I like this part here about an article that I read that said, Zendesk has a real opportunity to connect the dots between a customer's interaction with an organization and their feedback, how those experiences have landed in one aggregated pane of intelligence and understanding. That's pretty cool, I think, if if they can figure that out. And so that's what I like about the merger is it's it's adding additional insights. Um, And that's what we do as an industry. And this can really maybe um, have somebody else want to compete with this and it'll drive innovation and it'll be kind of some cool stuff maybe with the with the huge backing of Zendesk. And so I'm excited about this one. Um, I guess that's my entire point.
1: I think with this one and the other big one that happened, the Lucid Scent merger, I'm just waiting for that third one to hit because this kind of stuff normally goes in threes. So we have the two big ones. What's the third one that's going to hit in the next week or so? That's my thought behind it.
0: Andrew, anything else from your perspective?
2: No, I think that pretty much covers it. Um, You know, we're not going to know what comes out of it until not only is the the merger complete. um, You know, I think in some of the other mergers in our spaces, it's apparent what's going to happen. And we're we're waiting for the merger to be completed and waiting for them to kind of, you know, get everything integrated. And we kind of know where it's going. Um, But this will be interesting to see what strategic decisions they make and what product decisions they make. Um, So I don't have anything to add, except that I'm excited to see what comes of it. Awesome.
1: All right. Our next story. Suzy, the real-time market research platform, has announced plans to add 40 new jobs and as it establishes a technology hub in downtown Wilmington, North Carolina. What do you guys think of that?
0: Um, big fan of Susie, even though they've hired everybody in the industry the past year and a half or so. Um, big fan of Katie Gross. Um, she's been on the podcast before, and um, she's a friend, and I'm happy that the Queen is doing well. I saw her driving around the other day, which is a good sign for the Queen. I'll just throw that out there.
1: Nothing to do with this story, but sure.
0: Let's talk about the royalty. Um, But Susie is doing all kinds of really cool stuff, and the you know nobody really heard of of Susie until the past year and a half, and now everybody's heard of them or probably had um, some know someone that works there. And so a big deal getting new funding and hiring a bunch of new people, and um, that's always good when you hear somebody trying to hire forty new jobs. That's 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 really cool,
2: Andrew. Yeah, I think you know any kind of announcement that someone in our industry is on a big hiring run rather than layoffs—that's always a good sign. Um, I believe Susie is mostly headquartered in New York City, so it's kind of cool to see that they are diversifying, going down to North Carolina. Um, I'm a Tar Heel by birth. You may or may not know that, Um, but I was not know that I was born in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Love to see some jobs going down there. Um, But no, yeah, it's great. You know, I know Katie as well. Um, Awesome.
1: Yeah, I think it's great that they're diversifying down there. They have, they have a, there's a lot of that area, that North Carolina area is starting to become a bit of a tech hub overall. You have Duke, you have UNC, and a bunch of other schools. I know LexisNexis up in Dayton moved their facilities down to North Carolina. So I think this is a good spot for them to go where the talent is. Well said. All right, next up. Ipsos has reported their third quarter revenue was up 12.3% year over year, as well as an organic growth up 5.4% compared to 2019. And reading this for me, that second stat is probably more impressive than the revenue up year over year because we all know what was happening with COVID and that. So
0: That was my takeaway is that I like it that when you issue earnings reports, you're comparing versus 2019 in addition to 2020. 2020 is still relevant, of course, but like you said, it's a weird year. So comparing not just versus one year ago, comparing versus two years ago, this is a great sign for Ipsos. Um, I think, and and great sign for our industry. Andrew, did you have any
2: thoughts there? Um, honestly, no. No, not really. Aside from echoing what you said, that seeing growth up from 2019, I think is huge. Um, and, you know, I wonder how many companies are benchmarking to 2019 and not 2020. Do you think that's common?
0: I was talking about two, I don't... I don't know if it's standard with earnings reports. Um, Hopefully every company is doing that. If I were an investor, own part of Ipsos, I'd want to know that.
1: Yeah, I would think a lot are across different industries, not only just because COVID. There's been other things that have happened. You could have a specific company that's had an event that greatly impacted them that was out of the norm of their normal day-to-day activities for a year, and they'll look back over multiple years just to kind of show that as a better representation. So, I wouldn't be surprised to see more of the larger ones in our space do the comparison to both years. Yeah. All right, next up, Hall and Partners, the Omnicom owned insights agency, has appointed former Cantar executive Tim Ragg as its new CEO. Well, there's
0: a lot to say here other than congratulations. I'm, I don't know, Tim, but Hall and Partners has been around for a long time and that seems like a good hire. Um, I always like it when you replace um, a CEO who has moved to a different role, so it wasn't fired, they he's just moving to chairperson, so now you have a different CEO, so I think that's great.
1: All right. Next up, we're going to continue the train of people moving jobs. Rob Berger, formerly of Maru, has joined Schlesinger as its Executive Vice President of Global Quantitative Solutions. And to be a little transparent here, we kind of knew this was coming before the announcement was made.
0: Yeah, we've we've done Rob. Um, Andrew, what are your thoughts on that? You've, well, what are your thoughts on that?
2: You know, I think it's really interesting, um, but also not surprising to see Schlesinger making a strong play towards the quantitative space. Um, I worked with them, they were one of my clients several years ago. And so that, Tells you, right? You know, we're a quantitative supplier, um, and they were working in that space, and they've just really kind of exploded onto the scene doing that. Obviously, the Market Cube acquisition uh, really strengthens that for them, and so I think appointing a new position, you know, EVP of Global Quant really just sort of puts the stake in the ground that they are going after quant business and, um, they're taking it really seriously, But just you know, Schlesinger is a, a really long standing name in the qualitative space, particularly the healthcare qualitative space. Um, so personally, I'm hoping that means they're going to have some really great, really cool quantitative healthcare solutions that I can use to help my clients. Right. Um, Yeah, yeah, I I think it's really interesting to see that EVP of Quant as a position there. Um, I never have had the privilege of working with Rob in the past, so I can't comment on that. But as far as having that position at Schlesinger, I think it's really interesting. And I'm excited to see what they do as they continue to navigate working in Quant.
0: Um, Man, great stuff. Um, We know him. He was the um, chairman of the board of SampleCon. Um, while I was there, a really good guy. He's been in the industry for a long time, and you've probably met him in a conference. Um, very approachable person. He's been in the industry for quite a while. And so nice to see that move from the Schlesinger perspective. As you mentioned, they're kind of really doing lots of stuff in the news about every third podcast, I think, with some sort of acquisition. And this time, it's a person acquisition. So um, good job, Schlesinger.
1: My only comment on this is it's been I will find it interesting to see how this will play into the market cube acquisition. They made, what was it a couple of years back and how that all plays together. That's my only thought on that. Yep. Next story question pro acquired bright.ai, which is a customer brand engagement analysis that focuses on unstructured data. What do you think about that? Other than the name, because you're giving me a look. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I thought this was only on on here because of the name, which drives me crazy. I think I'm getting old. I think that's what it is. I think this is the new way of naming companies. Um, Bright, which is B-R-Y-G-H-T. Um, it seems like a good acquisition. Um, Question Pro has been around for quite a while, and I'm not sure how this will work out, but i love to see acquisitions like this. You're buying some new technology, um, trying to innovate, and so... The, the article talks about a lot of different kind of different dashboards and things that they'll be utilizing to to make Question Pro better, and so seems seems good. Yeah, but I can't get past the name though. Andrew, any thoughts that I didn't mention?
2: Yeah, um, you know, clearly we need to figure out how we're going to rename EMI to make it uh, <laughs> fit this trend. Uh, no, in, in all seriousness, though. I think it's interesting to see. I I, I know that um, with like any kind of machine learning or artificial intelligence, you know, it's been described to me that the way structured data works, right? When we're collecting survey data, primary data, right? The kind of data that QuestionPro collects, it's like we have all of these great um, like file drawers, right? And each file is labeled in, you know, the drawer says, you know, for like the purposes of what we're collecting, this is everyone's age, right? And then in that drawer, you put a folder and that's respondent 0001. And inside that folder, there's a piece of paper that says they are 29 years old, right? And it's all very organized. That's structured data. And it was explained to me that when you have machine learning, and when you're using unstructured data, It's like you took a whole warehouse of this structured data and you dumped everything out on the floor. And all of a sudden now there's a super genius in the middle. That's going to sort through everything and completely reorganize it. And so I think that, you know, the type of data that question Pro is dealing with is very, very structured. And so to see how they kind of marry the two, Will be very good for our industry as we continue to try to figure out ways to obtain deeper, more actionable data from primary online quantitative data collection, um, which is the longest way of saying online surveys ever. But just to be you know to be incredibly specific, I think it's cool. And I think we're going to see more acquisitions like this, more partnerships like this, more companies in our space move towards working with unstructured data and working with AI and working with machine learning. Um, so yeah, it's definitely something to keep an eye on what products will start to come out of question pro after this acquisition.
0: Yeah. Good point. Um, so I think two of these stories, we just talked about the first one, and the last one, the, um, Monkey, perhaps be innovating with Zendesk and what the bright acquisition by question pro what they'll do for the industry and how they kind of leverage that and hopefully lift the in- industry up and provide better insights to our clients. And then we'll all try to steal the same thing and we'll replicate it. Just like we always do. Um, any final thoughts before we go?
1: I don't think so. I think you got, I think we hit a lot of good news this week.
0: Awesome. Um, any Guests, if you'd like to join, if there's any topics you'd like us to discuss, any segments you'd like us to do, please reach out to us. Um, The easiest way is just to email Brian or I or Andrew, um, or we would love a voicemail or text at 513-401-5463. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week.